Hello, hello. This is Kim Addis. I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, and you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we typically invite guests from all over the world to get coached live and in person right on the show. Today, we have a special episode. I'm inviting my daughter, Fernie Kotliar, to come onto the show and be my co-host and actually provide me with some cases where we're turning the situation around and I'm answering the questions that she's posing. Fernie, welcome. I'm very happy to have you on the show again. Thank you so much. As always, I'm happy to be here. Are you ready for your case today? I am so ready. All right, let's jump in. Okay, so today we have a girl named Louise. And... She is, uh, you know, in her mid-20s. She's the type of girl that's super, super studious and where school is her whole entire life, basically. She doesn't really play any sports, have big hobbies, but school is, you know, what she does. She just studies all the time. And of course, you know, she has friends, she has a life, but, you know, doing well academically is really what drives her. And so she finishes high school, she does her undergrad, and then she does her master's, both in law, and then after passing with flying colors, uh, she decides to do a course in uh, essentially prisoner rehabilitation. So her philosophy in life is what she wants to do with the rest of her life is she really, really wants to help people. And this is the way she chose to help people. And so she does this another two-year program after doing her undergrad and then her master's. She does another two-year program where at the end of the program, she gets a full-time job and basically a uh, assured employment. And so she does it, she passes everything, does great. And the last step of this program is to do a placement. And so she goes to the placement and she goes into the prison and learns how to help rehabilitate these prisoners. And what she realizes is that it's really, not that it's, it's tough for sure, but that the people aren't nice. And not even that the prisoners aren't nice, her supervisors aren't nice. The team isn't nice. And she, she's not really sure if this is kind of something she wants to do with the rest of her life. But so she works hard. She, she does well and she does as best as she can. And essentially her supervisors say, or they indicate to her that they think that she's too soft to do this job, that she doesn't have the toughness to help these prisoners uh, get back into the real world. And like, that makes her mad, of course. Um, but you know, that's not going to stop her. And so she finishes this placement and her supervisors have to rank her. Uh, And she gets ranked because her supervisors don't, don't like her that much. She gets ranked 267 out of 325. And she's devastated. Like that's very low for her. And she's super upset because, you know, school's her thing and she always does really well, but she's particularly devastated because the lower you get, the less opportunities you have for good employment. So the higher up you get first choice, and as you go lower down, you get less and less choices. So most likely she's going to end up in a big city where the prisoners are meaner and, you know, the cost of living is more expensive. And so, you know, she's upset and essentially she finishes her program and it's the summer before she starts working because she gets this full-time job and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know if like she should continue. She should take the job. You know, it's good money. It's a uh, you know, very good position. Um, but, you know, she doesn't really know if, if she absolutely loves it, but she doesn't think she can go back to school. You know, she spent so long, so many years studying, working hard, putting all this effort into this program, doing this thing because she doesn't want to be a lawyer. 
So this is really her only option. And also, she doesn't want to prove her supervisors right by quitting. She doesn't want to say, yeah, I'm going to quit. So, you know, you were right because I'm too soft for this. So on one hand, she's not sure if this is her life's life's, purpose, if this is really, really for her. But on the other hand, she can't stop now because she put in too much effort. It's too, it's too far ahead. It's too like long into the process. So she feels stuck. She doesn't know what to do. What do you recommend? Okay. So I need, uh, I need to understand a few things. When, when you say they're mean, what does that mean? That when, when she, when she goes to work and she finds out that these people are mean, define mean. So the prisoners, I mean, don't necessarily want her to be, like, they don't necessarily see her as, you know, someone who's really, really trying to help her, help them. And um, the team, they're not, like, a supportive team. And, you know, she's only worked on this one team, so we don't know what other teams are like. But that team that she got on, they're not supportive of you know, the toughness of the job. And they're just kind of like, this is tough. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And they don't like help her get into it. Okay, so you're saying they're not supportive of her, and they're not helping her adjust and acclimate to this particular job. They're not setting herself her up for success. Is that accurate? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, if I were coaching this girl, one of the things that I would explore is The question of whether or not she believes that her supervisors are doing a good job. And I don't mean just with her. I mean, are they doing a good job rehabilitating these people? Mm -hmm. And so she's done a ton of work. She's gone to school. She's an intelligent, hardworking, highly driven individual. So I would really start to ask her if she thinks that they are doing an effective job in their roles. And if they're not? Well, I would start to inquire what she thinks should happen differently. In other words, what I want to know from her is, if she were to be the supervisor, and if this were to be her job, and she were training someone else, what would she implement? How would she approach these prison mates? How would she provide rehabilitation, rehabilitation, what approach would she use? Does she feel that she needs to toughen up or does she feel like the tough approach isn't actually effective? What does she think? And so the first thing I would do is really extract her intellectual point of view. Okay. And then, and what I want to do is actually capture it and write it down. Chances are her point of view is going to be slightly different than what she's experienced. And from that point of view, she will actually extract a methodology or an approach to rehabilitation that is different than what she's seen and experienced. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's interesting because her experience provides insight. Right now, her, her experience is only providing stress, disappointment, frustration, upset. And what I want her to know is that her experience actually provided her with insight. And the insight is, I have a feeling, I have a good, strong sense, given my experience, how things should look. 
or how things could be improved, how things could work more effectively and efficiently. So you think she she should stay in the industry? Well, we don't know yet. It's too early to tell. Mm -hmm. But when you say she has no choice, that's a belief that she might have that's absolutely inaccurate. She has a million choices. So what are her choices? Her choices are she can go to another uh, prison site and see what the team is like there. She can also, she has a master's degree. She's very intelligent. She can potentially provide some consulting to say, hey, here's what I've seen and let's try a different approach. Perhaps it's time for her to start a consultancy of her own that says, I've got some insight. I got some, I had a bad experience. And here's how I think things could work better, not only for the prison inmates, but for the incoming rehabilitators to be more effective. And do so you maybe think she, she could put even a training plan together. Is she experienced enough to do that? She only did her placement. Of course she is. She's experienced enough. She can provide some guidance, some assistance, given the fact that she did have experience in this particular role. She could say, I went in, I got trained. Here's my background. Here's my history, academically, educationally. And here's my result here. There's a disconnect. Why? There's a training gap that we perhaps need to fill. But what we want to really address is the fact that she's really, really focused on one thing and one bad thing happens and her life is destroyed. And that's the issue that I'm really interested in addressing to help her understand that when something bad happens, it doesn't mean the end of the world. It doesn't mean no choices. It doesn't mean something terrible, horrible, awful happened. It means that there's an opportunity in front of her that she hasn't quite seen yet. And what is the opportunity in this case? The opportunity is that she, in fact, experienced something. And from that experience, was able to draw out a conclusion or an insight. Or she could use that as contrast to help her decide what she wants next. She might say, you know what? I don't even like prisoners. You know, what I want to do is I want to go work with kids. Or I want to go work with, you know... You know, I might not want to be a lawyer, but I want to work with lawyers and perhaps I could provide them with some kind of assistance. That's not where I'm doing the legal work, but I'm doing something else with this group of individuals. There are a million options. And so that's the other piece that when someone thinks they don't have options, that's a belief that's often flawed. Right. So number one is I want to extract her intelligence understand how she thinks, sees things. Number two is I want to show her that a bad thing doesn't mean the end of the world. And number three is I want to show her all the options available to her. But Mm. what we're really trying to do is build her emotional resilience so that when something bad happens next time, she doesn't crumble, she doesn't fall down, or perhaps she falls, but not too long. And she's able to gather herself, pick herself up and move on to the next opportunity. She's smart. She's intelligent. The whole world is at her disposal. You know, as a, as a lawyer, she's probably a strong speaker, probably a strong, strong writer, lots of opportunity out there for her. And so we want to address that. So these seven years, I guess, that she spent doing this specific program for this specific uh, job, um, you don't think that that's 
I guess she has this idea that like, that's what she should be doing because she spent all this time doing it. But you're saying that she doesn't necessarily have to follow that path. Of course not. So I think two things. I think that our journeys, I'm a big believer that one thing leads to the other. And whatever we did in the past is uniquely designed to lead us to the next place. And that's exactly what's happening here for her. The other thing is, so you spent seven years doing something you decided you didn't like. Why spend the next rest of your life doing something you didn't like, right? So it's okay. You learned a ton. What do you want to do now? So it's not a waste is what you're saying. It's absolutely not a waste. It provides great information. It provides a great foundation. And it's the, the gateway to what's next. As you're telling me the story of this particular young woman, I think of myself. I remember when I, um, I ended up getting hired by a coaching company here in Toronto. And I went to work for them. I lasted maybe eight and a half, nine months. And uh, for lots of reasons, I didn't last. Number one is I'm an entrepreneur and my nature is not wired to work for other people. But when <laughs> I got there, I observed how they coach people. And there was something about their approach that didn't sit right with me. Mm. And I thought, mm, I think they're doing it wrong. I think that there's a better way. And that's when I decided to start frame of mind coaching. And right now she's in the moment in that place where she might say to herself, mm, I think they're doing it wrong. There might be a better way. And so I want to empower her. I want to give her the opportunity to look at herself as actually someone who can decide what that better way is who can make a proposal to how things can improve in the prison system. And what if she's worried that she isn't, you know, good enough to do that? I mean, she only did her placement. So who's she, who is she to, you know, go into the prison and completely rearrange the system? She doesn't have enough experience. So how do you give her the confidence to say, yeah, you can go and start something if she doesn't feel like she's, you know, prepared enough for that? So confidence is not something I can give to anybody, right? But what I can do is I can help prepare her to feel stronger. So in other words, I could say, well, you know, first of all, what do you have to lose? Not all that much. Number two is let's look at your background, your experience. You're not as unprepared as you think, right? You're not as inexperienced as you think. Number three is your unique vantage point is very, very important. You're that person who just went through whatever you call it, an internship, and you have that unique insight that most people don't have. And so let's leverage it. Number three is, sure, you're new in the game doesn't mean that voice is invaluable. And so what we would do is we would look at the beliefs that she has that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not experienced enough. And we would address them and blast them out of the water because <laughs> um, everything starts somewhere, right? Everything starts from somewhere. And I would share with her my own experiences. When I started coaching, I had no experience either. And so I started off with a small idea or a small project, and she might do that too. And so there are lots of ways around it to help her feel more confident and to help her slowly build up so that she's adding value and, and uh, increasing her experience so that she feels better and better and better about her contribution. Right. And when you speak about starting small she could also I guess go to work start the new place see if the team is better and do this on the side and see which one she likes better and kind of pursue whichever one makes her happier sure and she can also say you know go to a supervisor and say 
you know, I want to try something new. Would you be open to it? Right? She can share her ideas, her philosophy. She she might say, I'm looking for a supervisor who's open to trying this. And what if can go go do a million interviews and find that one supervisor? What if she doesn't have new ideas? I suspect she does. We all have (laughs) new ideas. I, I would push back on that a little bit. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So if you were to give this uh, young girl one more piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, for me, uh, the moment she says, you know, I got a poor mark or the moment she says, I'm really, really frustrated. I feel like I'm failing. I would say to her, congratulations. <laughs> right. Uh, failing gives us great, great lessons and it really builds us up to get to that next place. So failing isn't a terrible thing. Failing can be a win. And so that's the first thing I would help her do is to see her failure in a very, very different light. I like that. You used to tell me congratulations when I came home with bad marks. There you go. Strange mom, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, Bernie, thank you so much for being on the podcast, for throwing at me yet another challenging case study. Um, And I look forward to the next one. Me too. Awesome. Thank you so much. For those of you who are listening, if you have a case study that you want to share with us, please reach out. If you have a challenge that you want to discuss on the podcast, reach out as well. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if you have a challenge that you're not so willing to share on the podcast, but you do want to discuss, please reach out. Again, my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. For those of you who are listening, and I know that there are lots of you out there, please provide some feedback. I'd love to hear what you think about this new um, style, this new approach. And uh, please give Fernie some props while you're at it. Fernie, again, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.